welcome to another episode of Access Ability. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games and more people to see themselves in the games they play? When you see this video, it should be Thursday the 5th of November and as of today, it's about five days until the worldwide release of the Xbox Series X. Thanks to Microsoft who sent me one early for review, I have had the Series X in my house for about two weeks now, and one of the main things I've been focusing on in my time with it is how accessible the console is on day one for disabled players. Last week on Access Ability, I published an episode all about unboxing the Xbox Series X from an accessibility perspective. You can find a link to that video down in the description, but at the time I basically couldn't talk about anything other than the process of unboxing the console because of embargoes and NDAs that happen when you get these things early. But as of today, all NDAs and all embargoes are lifted, I can tell you anything you want to know about this console, so I'm going to try and go into all of the depth that I couldn't last week in this week's video. Today on Access Ability, we're going to talk about everything that Microsoft has done to make it as easy as possible for you to play the Xbox Series X on day one when you plug it in. From support for your existing peripherals, to software level settings that have made it over from the Xbox One to the Series X, we're going to talk about everything that this console is doing right to make it as easy as possible for you to move from last generation to this generation. First, and perhaps most immediately apparent, the Xbox Series X supports all existing Xbox One controllers and peripherals, with the exception of the Kinect. Microsoft's new Xbox controller is slightly smaller and more compact than its previous controller, but other than the addition of a share button, it doesn't have any new features missing from past controllers. In practice, this means that if you've got a favourite game controller that helps you to play on Xbox One more easily, you should be able to still use it on the Series X. From third-party controllers of non-standard shapes, to controllers with turbo buttons, any Xbox One supported controller will work on the Series X right out of the box, and this includes the Xbox Adaptive Controller. The Xbox Adaptive Controller is a modular controller designed to help disabled players play games more effectively. Players can plug in first and third party peripherals, which can be spread out to locations more easily accessible by the player. The Xbox Adaptive Controller is supported on Xbox Series X right out of the box, making this the first time ever a next generation console has released with day one support for an officially produced disability focused controller. Thanks to the Xbox Series X controller featuring a near identical button layout to the last generation controller, players are unlikely to need to make any changes to their existing lineup of peripherals when moving to the Series X. I do want to quickly note that, while I have only had experience this last couple of weeks with the Xbox Series X, I am informed that all of my comments in this video also apply to the Series S, Microsoft's smaller and cheaper entry point to the new generation of consoles, releasing alongside the Series X next week. On the subject of controllers, one Xbox One software level feature making its return on the Xbox Series X is Copilot Mode, which we recently published an episode of Access Ability all about, link down in the video description. In short, Copilot Mode allows Series X players to treat two controllers as one in the eyes of the console. Two people could play a video game together, splitting the controls between them, or one player could use two different controllers as part of a single setup. 
Players using an Xbox Adaptive controller can integrate a regular Xbox Series X controller into their setup if desired. For example, using the base controller's left analog sticks and triggers, but operating the rest of their button layout using the Adaptive controller. Xbox Series X players can, much like on Xbox One, remap all buttons on their controllers on a system level, as well as remapping co-pilot controllers independently of each other. They also have the option to turn off all controller vibration if that causes issues for them. Lastly, all buttons on the new Xbox Series X controller can be accessed and pressed while the controller is placed flat on the table or another flat surface, keeping the controller usable if you need to place it down due to fatigue or pain. After a couple of weeks with the Xbox Series X, my main takeaway in terms of accessibility is that Microsoft seems to have a mentality of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They've allowed you to bring over all of your existing peripherals, with the exception of Kinect. They've allowed pretty much every system-level software accessibility feature to come over to the Series X, with the exception of any that were to do with Kinect. And they've basically just made it so that if you had a setup on the Xbox One that worked for you, you can very smoothly transition to the Xbox Series X and confidently know that your accessibility setup should still work, and that's a really good approach, I think. On top of the controller-based accessibility features, the Series X on day one features narrator support, allowing blind and partially sighted players to have on-screen text read out loud to them by the console. The narrator features some really impressively thought-out options, such as the ability to have the console teach you button positions by verbal description. The Xbox Series X also features support for a screen magnifier, uh, the ability to change all audio output to mono, which might be useful for headphone users who might not be able to hear in one of their ears, as well as high contrast menu settings that can make on-screen elements easier to see. Beyond the explicitly disability-focused features of the system, there's a few other design considerations which are important to note. At the time of writing this script, I have not had a chance to go hands-on with the PlayStation 5, so I'm currently having to base my impressions of its user interface on an official video released by Sony. While it's entirely possible that the PS5 UI can be resized in a settings menu, the default setup shown by Sony features incredibly small home menu icons for games that I struggle to make out detail in as someone with decent eyesight strength. The home screen icons simply seem too small to be considered accessibility friendly. The Xbox Series X, however, features much larger icons for games, settings, and menu options, which are much easier at a glance to see and understand. While it's a matter of personal preference which UI you think looks better, it's undeniable that it's easier to see what each icon on the Xbox Series X home screen actually is. As I said earlier in the video, I've not had a chance to try out a PlayStation 5 for myself yet. A lot of my concerns with that console are about features that Sony has introduced or changed that we don't know if they'll be able to be changed back yet. Things like the user interface size for the console, we don't know if that can be tweaked. Sony did put out a press release earlier this week which gave us some answers. We now know that their haptic feedback, their fancy rumble, can be switched off, and their resistive triggers, which sort of fight being pushed, can be switched off on a system level, and that is great. But for now, I can't really tell you anything else about that console because I haven't had a chance to go hands-on with it. All I know is I'm a little concerned about the things they're changing, and I hope that they can be changed back. By comparison, the Xbox Series X largely succeeds as a day one accessible console, 
because it's followed the formula of what Microsoft's already doing with their Xbox consoles. They've brought over all of their peripherals, they've brought over all of your settings, they've brought over all of these system level fixes that can help, and they've basically just not introduced anything new that would mess with that. They've put years of work into making sure that the Xbox ecosystem is accessible on a software level, and making sure it's accessible in terms of uh, controller options, and all they've done with the Xbox Series X is said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, let's just do the same, and largely that has worked. The Xbox Series X doesn't really break any new ground with accessibility, and that's kind of because it doesn't have to. Microsoft has spent the last few years making sure that the Xbox One and that whole family of consoles is as accessible as possible, and with the Xbox Series X, day one they just went, well we put that legwork in, let's just not break that going to the new console. If you had any console in the Xbox One line, and you had a way to make it accessible and work for you, you can pretty much guarantee that the Xbox Series X, day one, out the box, is going to be accessible for you too, and that's a really reassuring thing to know. That is, the comfortable knowledge that this is a next-gen game console that isn't going to exclude you by any of its new features, and that's a wonderful thing to see.